Welcome to Lift Up Nations. I'm Rob Leach. And I'm Michael Hoffa. And today's episode is a testimony of Mindy Smithers. Welcome, Mindy. How are you? Hi, Rob. Hi, Michael. I'm fine. Thank you. All right. So we would like to know how your life was before you actually came to Christ. Okay. It it was 64 years of life, and um, at the beginning, um, in my home life growing up, uh, I grew up in a home that was uh, pretty dysfunctional. Um, it was chaotic. Uh, there was a lot of violence in my home, and um, there, as I tried to grow up, I, I considered myself a survivor at best. Um, I had to uh, protect myself from uh, my parents, and um, and I struggled in school, um, and I was very broken in my youth. Uh, when I moved on to uh, middle school and high school, as I, I went through my uh, you know 11 years, 12 years. And things started to change. I was able to motivate myself to do a little better better in school, um, but uh, I was I was pretty wild. Um, ha having uh, the level of neglect and abuse that we had it had no foundation, and um, we I was pretty much running amok. And it was in the era of uh, the '60s and the '70s. Um, we were, it was, you know, hippiedom, Vietnam War, um, and we were, as a group of children, were losing our base, our foothold. Um, and uh, I, was, I was just wild. Uh, it was the era of drugs, you know, and uh, sex and rock and roll, um, and I was in on that. And it pretty much tried to wipe me out. At one point, um, I remember driving in the car with my uh, boyfriend's, sooner or later to be husband, with his mother. And we're driving, and all of a sudden I realized that I couldn't see in three-dimensional space anymore. I was, I was just, it was, I was losing myself. Um, and the thing that pulled me out of it was as I graduated from high school, decided not to go into college, um, I was led to a position where uh, I was going to work at a horse farm. And that horse farm, um, the structure of it, the person who was running it, gave me structure, discipline, work ethic so that I could continue to survive, um, at which I did for many years. And when that, uh, the business collapsed, and over the years it became apparent that this person who I had decided to dedicate my life to um, became, um, he was always controlling. You know, you get it 
tough business and you know he was the kind of person that you jump you jump but it it went way deeper than that and it it was um what do you call it i can't remember when you're in the workplace and you're being emotionally abused um i forget what they call it but anyway it was bad and when the business fell apart that really and i had nowhere else to go i was still with them that relationship really got bad um, and I knew I was gonna have to uh, do something different and so I put myself through school um, got my teaching degree and my art degree and then realized that I couldn't stay in that house anymore and uh, found my way down to Delaware which is where I found God and I found Jesus that's great. At least you came to Delaware. <laughs> um, the Michael is going to ask you the next question. So with everything that you've been through and getting to Delaware, how did coming here get you to know Christ? Like what did you go through to get to where you are? Um, when I was looking for a house, I looked on Zillow, I opened it up, and I opened it up in Delaware, uh, and originally I was going to go look in North Delaware, and I decided to look in Southern Delaware. Um, and I looked at this little house on Zillow, and I thought to myself, I can live there. And then I looked at a bunch of other houses, and we ended up living in that house. And so that house happened to be next door to uh, the pastor one of the pastors at a local church um, and he's just such a lovely person you know he was one of those people where you know something special about this man um, and I eventually asked him can, can you know can I go you know visit your church and he said of course you can and that's how I ended up uh, at Crossroad down there uh, but when I went and I went to that service compared to what I had experienced and I had a lot of experience um, in New Jersey uh, it was you, you know when you hear the truth and you know it's the truth yes. and yeah. I could I heard the truth and it was the Word of God from the Bible there was and it was um, not the structure of any church that I went to and you know the joy was real it just it and I knew I was there now I, I started going there in 2016 and they started talking about Jesus and made me really uncomfortable because my whole life I had thought um, Jesus is a great great figure in history and I really you know I loved what he preached very thinly I didn't read much or know much but this is a good human being right but they were telling me stuff that I was like wow what <laughs> and I was I didn't know what to do with it but I knew I had to hang in and I did and I kept listening and I kept listening and at some point 
I realize that, you know, the resurrection is real, that Jesus is right here with us, you know, in the Holy Spirit. I, and you, you know, you know when, you, how do you explain that you believe? So I came to believe in Jesus by going and going and going and, and then talking to my pastor. I could go talk to my pastor next door. And I started doing his gardens <laughs> <laughs> so I could spend time with him. And um, one Sunday morning, I raised my hand and I gave my heart to Christ. And I thought, wow, I did it. I had no idea what was coming next, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you, you actually moved in next to the pastor that you went to church with. And he actually one asked, of the pastors. One of the pastors. Yeah, the missions pastor. Yes. And he, when you, before you came to that church, you went to tons of other churches yes. that uh, we um, wanted to talk about that actually you experienced that we wanted you to share. Okay. Well, f- to start with, my grandparents were Christian scientists, and um, they believed that you don't go to the doctor that all healing comes through prayer and my mother had a sister uh, when my mother was six and her sister was seven this was back in like 1932 Um, they both caught an infection called mastitis uh, and my grandparents and they got very sick it's in the ear and my they got very sick and my grandparents prayed over them, prayed over them. Um, I think that, you know, they had restaurants, they both worked in the restaurants, it was a depression, they were trying to survive. So I think their neighbors were watching my mom and her sister. So her sister died and my, uh, my mo- it freaked my mother out obviously, but the neighbors brought my mother to the hospital and had an operation because there was no penicillin there was no penicillin in those days it had to be operated on so they saved her life so my mother hated my grandmother because she let her sister die and she did that so that was a very early story she had told me um, and it scared me so and my grandma would tell me a prayer when I was there I loved my grandma she was one of the reasons I survived my my youth and why I paint watercolors uh, you know I loved her to death but um, you know I couldn't I have I still have a hard time putting those two things together the pain my grandma cost my mother and how she saved my life um, but she used to say now I lay me down to sleep I pray the Lord my soul to keep if I die before I wake I pray the Lord my soul to take and I was like what <laughs> so so that was my introduction to religion and then we went to the Unitarian my family went to the Unitarian Church I think my father made my mother go to church and she said I'll go to church if we go to the Unitarian Church and um, they didn't believe in the Trinity uh, I never remember hearing the word God or Jesus the whole time I was there only there till I was seven I loved it it was fun so that was that and you know my parents were not religious in in the home and then um, we moved and I went to the Methodist Church and um, I went to uh, Bible uh, you know Bible school and then to church and it was the same sort of sermon every week 
Um, the, I liked Bible school because we learned the history of like John Wesley and the United States and the history of Methodists, but I don't remember ever talking about God. We're talking about Jesus. So it was interesting. I went to the Episcopal Church with my friend and I don't remember anything about it. I went to the Catholic Church with another friend a couple times and you know like to marriages I was just astonished how long it was and I couldn't figure out why they did most of it in Latin and then they would come down with those incense burners and I'd want to tear a page out of the hymnal to blow my nose on because I was so allergic to it and I really kind of liked the bigness of it you know the pomp and circumstance of it but I was not getting God from it. You know, God was in my head, and as a kid, I picked up the Bible, and I would read the Bible, and I'd read a few pages, and I'd be like, I don't get this. Put the Bible down. I, um, oh, I spent time with, I had a really good friend who was Jewish, and I went to temple, um, and I, uh, they let me come celebrate Hanukkah with them. I could actually say the thing over the lights but um, one of the things I learned from that experience was that I was viewed as other uh, and when the time her father died which was heartbreaking for them all he died too young and when they made the decision to move to a kibbutz, kibbutz in Israel they left um, and they didn't leave a note they didn't leave a address that I could connect with they didn't leave a phone number they didn't say goodbye and my, my mother tried to contact them and she couldn't find them and she broke my heart and so I felt a deep separation there later on uh, when I was teaching writing I had a writing student who I taught a lot of there's, you, I lived in a huge uh, community there were a lot of Jewish people in the community and I remember this woman saying to me I asked her a question about um, something about Jewish law and she said I'm sure that God would forgive my mother for not doing this that or the other thing because he doesn't want her to get hurt but then she said something about I'm not even sure there really is God you know and these are very committed people so that's I never got God God was a name in the Bible, a name in the book. It's you know it was a, a ritual that we performed on Sundays. You could you know you'd go to church, um, and Jesus was not even a consideration, and the Holy Spirit was a figment of your imagination. I I I got Jesus in my church. They weren't talking. They weren't preaching. My preacher wasn't preaching. Holy Spirit. I got. The Holy Spirit from watching YouTube and them talking about the Holy Spirit and from Bible uh, Project I love Bible Project and I, I listened to it and this was connected with the time because I was reaching out for more at the time that I got saved and I got baptized and driving down the road one day and you know praying in the car right driving down the road praying in the car and I felt it. I felt the Holy Spirit come over me. And I was, I, it was, it was more than that day. Not only, 
not only did I open up, but I, I like, I don't remember if I pulled over. I don't think I did. I probably should have. <laughs> I was completely overwhelmed. And from, and then I understood that, you know, he's in me. And it occurred to me, you don't have to go sit at a chair and make your prayers because he's right here. I could talk to him all day long. And I started to talk to him all day long. And, and that's how I got the, the whole crew together. That's great. <laughs> so, um, that being said, what was the struggles you had when you were actually young that caused you so much strife? Um, well, the abuse, being beaten. I was uh, briefly sexually abused. Um, having to having to run away from my home. Um, uh, feeling like like I said, feeling other in the Jewish thing and not feeling like I belonged in my group because, you know, there were times when I couldn't talk. There were, uh, I could, in, in grammar school, I couldn't do my work. I went to school unprepared. Uh, I was never prepared. I always had my, my uh, I'd go to school with either no lunch or something that was inedible. Um, you know, my mother wasn't capable of, you know, providing a whole lot, and um, it it kind of warped my mind. Oops! It kind of warped. <laughs> it kind of warped me. It warped me, and I really, in my attempt to survive, uh, you know, I'm doing this, and I'm feeling like. A tadpole under a rock but you're born with capabilities you know like if you have a really good parents and they, they notice something and they they shape it and they promote you and stuff like that well I was being squashed all the time squash 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 but I'm you know me I'm not really a squashable person and that was coming out but it was undisciplined so it led me into being crazy and running wild and doing reckless things like, uh, you know, driving cars 110 miles an hour, getting, uh, I, I hate talking about this, getting drunk and getting in a car with somebody you don't know and spending three days with them. Uh, you know, really nuts, really nuts. And I, I feel like you know, when once I got saved, looking back at the whole journey, I feel like God. I can see where God was with me. He put me. He was there at twelve and stopped me from killing myself. He got me the job at the stable because I was heading down such a bad road. He put me there. And, and that was exactly what I needed and became a curse. And when it became a curse, 
and I had I had determined I am a loyal dedicated person I'm going to stay here with this person till he dies and God made it worse and worse and worse it got worse he showed me this the true who this person was truly through one thing after another thing and it finally piled up and you know not being a reckless 12 year old anymore I said wow I got to get out of here so he he knew how much he was going to have to push me to get me out there and he just pushed until I gave he had my mom die at exactly the right date so that I would inherit exactly the amount of money I needed to put on a down payment on the house that he chose for me that's awesome and put my brother with me my brother was in great need at the same time and he put us together that's great yeah um also uh what about some of the miracles that happened in your life um well it's the one the 12 when he appears to me that's not a miracle that's just god being not what i say just that, but that, that, it's, that, that's more god being there and yeah. and bringing you through it felt it. like a miracle yeah well it didn't feel like a miracle you know but he was with you at that point right um the most amazing one was when i stepped off the wall that was undeniable I still say I hate saying it out loud to people who don't know Jesus don't know God because they're just gonna shake their head and walk away <laughs> but I was up on a ledge and I was uh, trimming hedges that w were heavily overgrown and they were starting to grow over the top of this it's, it was the top of a wall it was a stairwell it was stone solid stone so there was a wall on the other side and I had to step over the opening where the stairs were and it was like a 8 to 12 foot fall and I thought to myself man if I if I don't make it around this bush uh, I'm gonna kill myself I thought that thought and then I, I started to squeeze around the bush because I, I felt like I could get around it and I stepped into the air I did not step onto the wall the top of the wall and I was in the air and I thought in a flash uh-oh and then something happened and I was back on the wall so I had been going forward around the bush and suddenly I was back here I was standing on the wall and I was and there was nobody there and I was just I didn't I was like wow <laughs> and then some other people came up who were going to help that day and I ran down and I said you're never going to believe what just happened to me and I told them and they kind of looked at me and they turned around and walked away wow. <laughs> yeah and I I asked myself often was that a dream did that really happen but yeah it happened and it opened up such an and that was before I knew Jesus mm -hmm. but again it opened up a window into the eternal I was like I was there for a minute and they just clicked it back a second they say if you ask a scientist you can't go backwards in time I just went backwards in time just to click but I'll never forget stepping out into that opening and going oh and it was, I was there so 
that was a huge one. And um, after uh, this was last year, I was I got uh, sick. I got uh, sepsis, and um, it turned into septic shock. Uh, I got to the hospital just in time. I I was going to go to an immediate care center, and it was closed. My brother was taking me, um, and I said. He said, you want to go home? And I said, I think we better go to the hospital. I had no idea how sick I was. I, I didn't realize I had a fever. When he took my temperature, it was, um, in the house first time, it was 106. Uh, but it was a steady 104, and it had been that way for two or three days. I don't even remember how many days. <coughs> so I'm laying in the bed, and um, they have three IVs in me, and they're in and out, in and out, and in and out. And I'm just lying there, and I'm I'm in la-la land because I, my body functions were shutting down. And I remember looking up at the monitor and I think, wow, it's broken because the numbers all started disappearing. And I think I saw heart rate 36, uh, you know, and I had, they came, they, they came in and like three people came in and they changed bags and did this, that, and the other thing. Um, and this doctor, came in right behind them. I'll never forget him. And he said, do you know how sick you are? And I'm like, huh? <laughs> and I was very peaceful. I was very calm. If that's the way, anyway, I'm not going to say it. Um, <laughs> and he says, I am a man of God, and it's time to pray. And I said, yes because that's all I could say. That's all I had was, set, you know, that. And then slowly but surely, and within an hour, my stats started to come back up, and they, they said, we might put you in the ICU. And like a half an hour later, they said, we're just going to put you up in a room because I was doing so much better. And two weeks later, I was back at work. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was like looking. I was like, oh my god! Like everything you're saying is just amazing. And he was like, it's not your time. And then that doctor came in, prayed, and you've been sick for how long? And then boom, you're better. Yeah. Back at work. Yeah. Yep. All right. So the next question: um, How has your life changed since you became a Christian? Um. I knew a while before, it, when I was still down in New Jersey, there was a time when I was watching a show on TV, and it was a TV evangelist person, because I started listening to those guys. A lot of them shout and stuff, which is annoying to me, but they were saying stuff that was much more, what, much closer to the truth, and I was starting to get, and I was starting to go, hmm, yes. And I thought, I cannot commit myself to Jesus because I know in my heart I'm not ready to give up what I know I'm going to have to give up. And so I didn't. And I had, had no idea what a good thing that was when I learned what I was going to have to do. And so when I gave my heart to Jesus, it's because I truly believed in him. But I had no idea his expectations for us once 
he accepts you and you know you hear people say well I said the prayer and I gave my heart to Jesus and now I can go back and live my life and not worry about dying because I'm going to heaven and I'm thinking to myself oh boy you're in big trouble because he wants to change everything to exactly what he says he wants to change it to and I started I said I still say and do I get down on my knees and I say I'm yours do with me what you want show me what I you need to show me so I can deal with it you know and accept what I need to accept to change and I realized how it's not just the big ticket items it's not just stop drinking stop ignoring your family and just working it's it's that snappy little tone that you used with somebody because you were being impatient and you wanted to use your anger to control them I was like whoa and the fact that they say something funny but I really mean to zing you with it but I'm putting a funny twist on it it's your heart and your mind and so little by little and he peels it away he peels it away and some of it is evil and some of it is bad habits and some of it is ingrained learning that um, is a little easier to untwine but when he gets to the core when you start getting down to the core where you really really hurt like I've over the years you know even before I came to cross I've, I've been trying to let go of stuff and let go of stuff because I know you can't carry it and I keep thinking am I there yet and am I there yet and it just keeps peeling I, somebody sent me a friend sent me an email today and I read it I was in a hurry and I read it and I didn't read it correctly you know texts and emails are hard to establish and I was in a hurry so I didn't look at it carefully and I felt like it was nasty and it hurt me and right away my head went to I'm gonna write her a nasty thing back I got and I, but I stopped myself I said wait Lord show me later I'll wait I'll wait for you later on and I'm gonna cry now I came back later I read it I said this isn't nasty at all so I wrote her a really quick letter back you sound like you're doing great I can't wait to see you again I'm gonna have a little thing at my house with our gang from the barn would you please come she said oh yes I'll come I can't wait I miss you guys so much and in the past I would have just snapped back and maybe started something or lost a friend because I hadn't seen her in a while but now I could say, I know I can just say hey I know I'm not doing this right please help me Holy Spirit fill me stay with me when I look at it again read it with me please and he does and there it is yeah so with that you 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 work at a horse horse farm still to this day and you do um you work with the Reho lewis art league or the rehoboth rehoboth art league rehoboth art league and do pottery with them yep so tell us some of that and how you inspired people with uh your belief well um there's a whole lot of secret Jesus people out there. <laughs> yes, there is. <laughs> you know, you're talking to people and they start to get, I either get the sense that 
they believe or they get the sense that I believe and my my thing is they'll say so-and-so sick and I'll say I'll pray for you and they go oh good thank you I, I appreciate your prayer and they'll grab my hand so I know who it is but uh, every once in a while you know like the whole group and the whole I'll say something like that in front of the whole group and the ones who are secret ones will get a little tense but everybody's good with it and I've actually influenced somebody at the Rehoboth Art League who uh, is a very controlling person because they're very insecure about their position they hold their position through control and I, I love her she's a, a good friend she, she makes me crazy that controlling stuff but I have never joined her and she loves to you know say nasty things about your work and you know not put your pottery through the I've, I've seen some ridiculous things she's done um, and for somebody of her stature it's you've got to say this this is an issue right she's she's afraid she's going to lose her position or her control and this is how she does it and I have never responded angrily to her I have always supported her I have always used kind words um, and she tries to get in the beginning she tried to get me she writes they call them love notes but they're really nasty letters and at times the management's had to interfere and say you can't do this and um, she started giving them to me and saying can you edit this and tell me how to write this without it sounding nasty uh, and so she's she's actually modified her behavior by me being there and I hold it together because Jesus is standing next to me watching me so I can't, I can't not that I want to anymore either you know it doesn't work so things like that and at the horse farm um, oh so much so much work there and it's it's growing into such a huge organization therapeutic riding barn and they're going off in different directions and they have this uh, what they call the executive committee so like we never see them so we have this horse farm we give horseback riding lessons but there's this entity and they're a nonprofit that runs it and um, the woman who is the original uh, person head instructor was running this path uh, path is the association that certifies therapeutic riders so she's this certified path teacher and she was running the whole thing and it was like four horses and two teachers and eight volunteers and now it's it's like 75 volunteers and six teachers and we've got 12 horses and all this kind of stuff she really wasn't built for doing it and I saw pretty pretty uh, soon coming in that she was gonna struggle and have time so I just stick real close to her and I help her work through things without telling her what to do it's her 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 management and she's a Christian and she finally told me that you know she's she goes to your church really yeah solid ground yeah mm -hmm. cool. yeah she goes to your church but when so one day 
I was in the office and I, and I said something about praying for something and she said, are you Christian? And I said, yeah. I said, uh, she said, I go to Solid Ground Church. I, you know, I'm a Christian, I believe. And I said, I go to Crossroad. Me too. And that's great. And, um, you know, that's really created a big bond between us um, for, you know, for good. And so, you know, that's huge. And then I have a uh, uh, couple other people who are solid Christians, but, um, you know, I get to work with so many people and be able to encourage them and support them and, um, you know, help them through uh, the struggle of learning what they got to do and that kind of thing. And I also train people at the Art League, too. So... Yeah, I heard you're a pretty good uh, teacher in that aspect. Oh, thank you. I love teaching. And gift of God, gift from God. It's always gift art, from God. Art and teaching. But teaching, I think, is... I, I did not have ever have any intention to teach. I didn't. It wasn't even a consideration. And I got my first teaching job in 1972. I was totally unequipped. And again... It was one of those things where God was working in my life because he needed me get me over that barn. And, and the thing that got me in was the guy who was hiring me said, how much do you charge per hour? This is 1972. And I said, 250. <laughs> <laughs> he said, you're hired. <laughs> that was it. But I learned how to teach. And I was like, wow, I can teach. And I like it. <laughs> it was good. It is good. So is there anybody else in your life that you've brought to Jesus or um, helped mentor? I am, I've been trying to get some of my... I, my brother, who I live with, my brother Michael, the three of us are saved. <laughs> I have a brother Michael. He was the first. Um, my brother Stephen and my sister are tough nuts, but I never let go of them. Uh... I don't, I don't know. I, all I feel like I've done is support Christians in my space. I'm hoping giving my testimony helps somebody go for it. Because I know, like I said, when I realized how much I had to come to, how much I had to let go when I became a Christian, and how much help I got listening to certain people like the Bible Project people and there's a couple other people that I you know really like to listen to and that you know you listen to them while you're going to sleep and like you go wow okay I see I got to do that okay and you know so I'm hoping that people it rubs off I'm I hate to say it out loud, I'm toying with the idea of teaching Sunday school. <laughs> I don't that know. That sounds fun. Yeah. I think it might be a good idea. So you said you don't know if you're t like mentoring or leading people to Christ. And just based on what you're sharing with us, I can see that he's using you to touch their lives in different ways. And it may not be what you think is needed. Yeah, right. But God has a plan for everything that he puts in place for us. Yes. Yes, and that's what I'm hoping, that even though I don't know what's happening, I know I'm representing the truth, and it's, it's not about me. 
So if I'm a thickhead and I don't understand what's happening, it doesn't matter. It's happening. Yeah. God always has a plan for everybody. And um, we loved hearing your testimony. It was great. Um, also, is there anything you'd like to leave somebody that might not be a Christian uh, with your testimony? It took me 64 years of struggling and moving toward it. You should never, ever give up. And um, the it's what everybody wants. It's what everybody needs. I, I remember when I was a kid saying, I wonder what real love is. And I think I asked that question, and I think God's okay, little by little I'll show you. And it's, uh, you know, it's that agape love, that love that just makes your life right no matter what's happening. And it's the best thing you could ever do and commit to and, and be. Yep. So I just want to say thank you for sharing your story and your testimony. And I just hope someone out there does hear it and can connect to it and get closer to God because it was wow. Yeah, it was wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> yes. Very, very good testimony. Um, everything you said um, can resonate with a lot of people in, in the world. Um, a lot of people have struggles as they grow up and, you know, move forward in life. Mm -hmm. um, but the key is to never take your eye off of God. Never. And he will show you the way. And then um, once you receive the Holy Spirit after getting baptized and accepting Je Jesus as your Savior, um, then you have a guider that actually uh, guides you through life. It's and, wonderful. And it's a great peace when you actually have that in your life because you don't have to worry. You don't have to be in fear. And everything in this life is temporary. So we hold everything in eternity with, with God. So that's the way we want to live. And that's why after you told me a little bit about your story, I love that you came on. Thank you so much. So here's a reflection message that we wanted to share. Um, sharing our testimonies allows us to reflect on the faithfulness of God throughout our journey. As we recall the times when God provided, comforted, and guided us, our hearts overflow with gratitude. By sharing these stories, we build an altar of remembrance, reminding ourselves and others that God is trustworthy and his promises never fail. As we vocalize our experiences, we strengthen our own faith and inspire others to trust in God's unwavering love. Amen. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for Mindy and the courage she showed in sharing her testimony. We pray that her words will touch and inspire someone who needs to hear them. May your love and grace shine through her story and bring hope to those who are struggling. Amen. 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 And if anybody would like to be on our show, um, you can reach us at liftupnations at gmail.com. Uh, we are, can be accessed at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Snapchat. Um, our podcasts are actually on Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcast, Podcast, and Spotify Podcast. Um, also, if anybody wants to come on and do a testimony, 
or a baptism, we can also be reached at liftupnations at gmail.com and any of our social media outlets. On that note, until next time, God bless. God bless.